welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your anointing, your presence. Father, I pray you'd speak to every one of us here, Lord. Touch our hearts. Help us to move closer to you always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Musos. Give someone a high five. Just sit down. Not a hug. It's too hot for hugs. <laughs> no, it's never too hot for hugs. Praise God, it's so good to be back in church. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Who's been away? Anyone been on holidays? Oh, not very many. You just put your hands up again. Has anyone been away on holidays? You guys need to get out of it. Come on. (laughs) Not that many, but I'm sure you've all had a bit of a rest. So, um, yeah, we've been away and it's always nice to get away, but it's much better to come home. I always feel like I'm fasting when I go away. I'm going to make myself not call you all and I miss everyone and I come back and I go, oh, it's much better being here, seeing all your beautiful faces, all a little bit browner or redder or whatever colour you go. It's all good. We don't mind. (laughs) So we did have a good time away and um, it's great to be home and we've got a wedding coming up. So it's a very exciting time in our family. Yes. Two weeks to go. So yeah, it's all happening. Praise the Lord. So we are talking about Proverbs and we are just going to finish off today and I want us to turn to Proverbs 28 verse 1, which says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So I'm going to preach this morning about courage, about being bold. But we'll start off looking at the beginning there, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing. So there's something about wickedness that leads to a deep, even irrational, it would seem, fear. Something about wickedness makes people afraid and uncomfortable. Now, wickedness, the word wicked has sort of done a few circles over the last few years, hasn't it? But in the Bible, wicked people are people who are not right with God. They're not... They haven't, they've got a guilty conscience because they haven't dealt with sin. So, that, you know, they might not look that wicked to us, you know, they're not like necessarily murderers or, you know, really on the, that scale of wickedness. But it's just, it's just our sin. It's like dirt. And wicked people don't want to deal with it. They don't want to acknowledge their sin. They don't want to acknowledge it before God. And so it remains on them. That's the definition of wickedness, just not right with God. So we need to make sure that we're not wicked in that sense. And the Bible says that this this guilty conscience, this deep sense of being under the judgment of God leads to fear. Guilt is the parent of fear. People feel bad about themselves and they might try to deal with it in a number of ways and it says that they, they are fleeing, they're running away even though there's no one pursuing them because they're running from themselves. There's nowhere to go. 
Sometimes they might try to run away. Sometimes they might, you know, run away to a, another woman or run away to another a job or another friend or another state or, um, you know, or, or another psychological state, you know. Maybe they, they run to the alcohol or to the, the drugs or they, they try to numb the feeling with, 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 with loudness, you know, with, with noise, with entertainment or frantic busyness or just go, 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 or ambition. There's this sense of fleeing, of running, of, of looking for something, but there's no peace. You can't, you can't drown out your own soul. You, can't, you take it with you. I had a friend, I remember he, he went all the, he was running around trying to find this peace. He went all the way to London. Sat in a hotel for two days and then came back again. He said it was exactly the same. He, said he, couldn't, he couldn't escape. So he came back. So this is not the way to live. This is not right. Let me encourage you to be sure that you're righteous this morning. Be sure that you get right with God. It's not hard. Aaron was preaching about it. I thought you might as well just keep going. You're doing such a great job there. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just sit down. You, you just go. You take it away, Byron. <laughs> He's pretty good, isn't he? I'd act to follow. But we need to make sure that we're right with God. It's very simple to be right with God. It's just, God, I'm sorry. I am a sinner. I need cleansing. I need Jesus. I need to be right with you. And it's as simple as that. Righteousness just means that you, God and we're in the, I'm in the right place now. God's, God and I are good. We're good. He just washes me clean. I, I, haven't, I, don't, I can't earn it. But because I'm now righteous on the inside... I start to do the right thing. It's easier. <laughs> so I, I sort of, I am righteous, so I become righteous. That's the way it works. So let's make sure that we are the righteous ones, the ones who are right with God. Even if we've just started off and we're a little baby righteous one or a, a beautiful, mature righteous one, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So as soon as we have our standing right with God, as soon as we sense his sweet, sweet presence and we just know, oh, he's it's okay. I just, it's so precious. I remember that night so well, so well, that night when I was only 10 and I was crying about my sin and the Lord came and visited me and everything was all right. From that point on, I was righteous, but it was so good to know that I was good with God and, and he, we, we, would, we were restored. And he's always wanting that. He's always reaching out. It's people that are turning away. Oh, I don't need it. So good. And once we are in this position of righteousness, it says we are bold. Now, Proverbs 30.30 talks about lions. There are three things which are stately and regal in step. Actually, four. I love the way Proverbs does that. Three, no, four. <laughs> but we'll look at just the one. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts and does not retreat or turn back from anyone. That's us. We are meant to be as bold as a lion. We, we don't retreat. We are regal. We are strong. We hold our ground. The lion is the king of the beasts. Their roar can be heard kilometres away. They've got a certain, I don't know if this is a word, you don't have to correct me, Martin, insouciance. Is that a word? feels like a word. They're sort of like, have you ever, you know, you see those pictures of them, like, they've got a sort of casualness about them. They don't have to try too hard. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I know, I'm the king. They have this sort of, you know, and that's how God wants us to have this, I'm good. 
I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm good. We can be cool. We can be awesome with God. We, we are as bold as a lion. So I guess it begs the question, why are we so bold? Why are we so bold? And it's very simple because we've got the Lord on our side. God is with, if God is with us, who can be against us, the Bible says. He delivers me. He's my fortress. He's my rock. The Bible says the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Like, what, what, what can you do? Nothing. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. The very, very, at the worst you can do is kill me. And then I get my promotion. Like if I go to heaven and I'm having an awesome time. So you've you got nothing. You've got nothing on me. So God is with us. We're not afraid of anything. And we need to know that. Come on, who, who are the biggest guys in the church? When you stand up, you'll be, give me, give me the five biggest guys. In the, who's like, is anyone here over like 190 centimetres? Big, who's, come on, Frosty, you must be. Who, come on, the, I want the five biggest men in the church to stand up. If you're like over 188 centimetres, over six foot, six two, who's, oh, this is good. Yeah, come on. Who else, who else is big? Come on, I need about five. Who else is big and tall? Come on, who's over six foot? Don't be bold, stand up. Tim? Oh, oh yeah, come on. Now come out here, guys. Just come and, come and stand next to me. This is just for a visual. I just want to give everyone a visual. All right, you don't have to do anything. I promise I'm not going to embarrass you anymore. Just, you're, just, you're tall. You're all tall anymore. <laughs> no, this is great. Oh, you're, you're, how tall are you? Really tall. That's great. <laughs> now look. I've got God on my side, and these guys are kind of small compared to God, right? But they're pretty, look at this. I mean, can you imagine if I was walking down the road like this? I am not afraid. I'm just like, can I hear, these are my guys, you know, like, imagine if these were my bodyguards, and I'm just kind of cruising there, you know, taking photos of myself, and you don't, you know, can you imagine? The Bible says that God gives his angels, he commands them to protect us. Again, these guys are small compared to angels. Angels come in all sizes, but some of them are very big. Some of them are small. But look, at imagine me. I just would go anywhere with this little posse, you know. I'd be like, here I am. I'm not afraid. I can, you know, walk through Melbourne at night. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It's, this is, see what I'm saying? Like, you just think about who's with you. It's not about you. I mean, we're just little puny little me. I get it. But God is with us. I've just picked five random guys out of this congregation. You can see even, even just standing here, I feel kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel, you know. Wow, imagine, imagine if I just had these guys with me all the time. Thanks, guys. Come on, give them a clap. That's great. But you see what I mean? They, you know, but you have a few big guys around you or big women, you know, we're not sexist. You know, I didn't do the women, but you can come later. But, you know, you, you have a few big people around you. Men are just generally taller than women, all right? We have to accept this fact. And, and stronger in some ways, some ways. But, but you can see God is on my side. God is with me if we're with him. Of course, if we run away from him, we're on our own. But so why are we, what are we, how in the world can we be afraid of anything when God is with us? We are bold. It's not saying that we, the righteous can be bold. It says the righteous are bold. We have courage. Listen to this description of courage. Courage is the strength and determination to move forward and do what is right in the face of fear, pain, grief, and difficulty. Courage is a decision. Let me assure you that you will go through life and feel fear at times. You know, whether it's jumping into a quarry, 
Well, I don't know about the WHS stuff on that, Lindy Lou. <laughs> Whether it's jumping into a quarry or, or just walking out at night or dealing with a whole bunch of life things, fear attacks us. We feel fear. It's, it's, I, sometimes I can feel it in my stomach. It's like, Ugh, you know, and, and you feel it. Courage is not the absence of fear. We all get attacked by fear. Courage is the determination, I'm moving forward nevertheless. It's not about that feeling. Courage is like, I'm still going to do what is right. I'm still going to move forward. I'm still going to make the right decision despite those feelings. So I can assure you, they, they never go away. There's always something to be afraid of. There's always something the devil will whisper in your ear and you, you can feel terrible. You know, sometimes at night, I'm, I actually had it last night, I was just lying in bed, this horrible thought came into my something into my whole body and I just felt this go, oh, oh, and I'm just lying there going, oh, I feel really, I don't know if it was this stupid air conditioner that we were, we don't normally have it on at night and I can't sleep with it. So anyway, but you know, it was keeping me awake and, and, and then I just lying in bed, I go, okay, okay, okay. I just had to get the scripture. I had to go to a scripture. I get the word of God and I just deal with that fear. I go, no, no, Lord, you are my refuge. You're my fortress. And I run to the Lord. I run to him. He talks to me, encourages me. We wait on the Lord and he strengthens our heart. So when those feelings come, whenever they come, we have to go to the Lord. He's out. We run to him. So go, huh. He says, it's all right. It's all right. Just like a little child. You know, little kids, they get scared. Daddy. Little kids run to Simon. Daddy. He's like, it's all right. I've got it. I've got this. They sneak in the room at night. That's it. Bethany used to come in at night. <laughs> she terrified me. She says, sneak in. She'd sneak in and, and I was asleep and so she didn't want to sort of touch me. So she'd just get the bed and just press the bed down like this. And I'd be fast asleep, but I still regularly went, oh, 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 you're scared. You know, poor Ben. I freak out apparently. Okay, well, you know, I wasn't expecting it. But anyway, she's grown. She stopped, what, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Doesn't do it now. I mean, she doesn't do it now. She's a big girl now. <laughs> Sorry, Beth. <laughs> so, um, so we wait on God and he strengthens our heart. We just go to God, just like a kid. Kids go to daddy, we go to daddy. We say, okay, God. Huh? And, he, and, and we go to his word and we go to God and he strengthens our heart. And, okay, I'm good. I can keep moving forward. I can keep doing what I'm meant to do. We are designed to be kings. We're the, like a lion's. Lions are not sort of, ah, ah, oh, there's a hyena. Ah. They're not quivering in a corner. They hold their ground. They stand in their position. They stay where they're meant to be. They do what they're meant to do. That's us. We're not quivering in a corner, guys. We're bold. We do what we're meant to do as Christians. We've got the courage to shine in a dark world. Proverbs 25, 26, a righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. It just, ugh, that's not right. You're, you're not meant to be like that. You're not meant to be afraid of the wicked. So let's be bold. It takes courage to stand up and say, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. That takes courage when you're first born again. You know, the family's kind of, the world will mock us. You don't actually believe this stuff, do you? The world rejects us. The world throws us into prisons. The world beats us up, sometimes even kills us. But we believe in Jesus. We hold our ground. I'm a Christian. This is who I am. And there's a point where people need to know that. That's why we like to do our baptisms out in the ocean. It's great. It's because, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, here I am. What are they doing? Oh, they're weirdos. They're Christians. You know, that's us. Yep. But actually, we're the righteous ones. We're the smart ones. 
And it takes courage to just, to just be prepared to be that person. You might lose a few friends. A few family members might get upset. When we first got married, you know, the family sort of tried on this little Sunday morning activities quite regularly. It's, oh, we're doing this family thing. We're all coming. Everybody's coming and it's Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And we sort of, well, we go to church at some Sunday morning, so we'll see you at one. And after about three or four times, they got the message. And after a while, it was like, yeah, we're doing this family function Sunday afternoon. Okay, good, good, because we'll come. So, you know, there's a little, it's, they're just taking it on there just to see if you've got the courage to stand up to your family and say, I love you to bits, but I love God. And I go to church on Sunday mornings and I serve him and I'm a Christian. That's who I am. It takes courage. It takes courage to say no to sin. You know, you go out there in the world and say, no, actually, I won't have that next drink. Oh, why not? You know, you've just got to sometimes say no. And again, some people, I, I know some people that we, we went out to dinner with and we just, I, sometimes I just don't want to drink all the time. Everyone's drinking. It's like, seriously, just have water. Like, I hate this sort of can't wait to have alcohol kind of approach the world's got. It's terrible. We don't need alcohol. So, you know, sometimes we just, well, I don't mind if you want the odd one, but you don't have to have it, you know. We've got Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we just say no and people don't like it, actually. It sort of shows them up because they want it. So it can take courage to just do what God wants you to do. It can take courage to say no to, to gossip. It can take courage to say, well, this is what the Bible says about certain very fashionable sins, you know. Sins get very fashionable, very happening, very, you know, you've got to be tolerant. You've got to put up with these things now. It's like, well, this is what the Word of God says. It takes a lot of courage to stand up for truth these days. So, but we do because we're bold. We're wise. We're not beating people over their head, but we're bold as a lion. I want to tell you about Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King, the original Martin Luther, 1500. He was a monk and he uh, was a Catholic monk. But he, had a, he was troubled by his own sin and troubled by the church as it was at that time. And, uh, you know, they'd go around and they'd sell indulgences. So they would sell, um, if you bought, if you give, gave money to these indulgences, then they would, um, they'd say, you know, your, your soul will be set free from purgatory. So, you know, they'd, you know, they'd come and come on, give the money, give the money, and then you'll be free. And then you don't have to go to purgatory. And Martin Luther was a very, very smart guy and he loved the word and he was studying the word and it troubled him. It's like, this, this isn't right. This isn't in the Bible. This isn't good. And he got this revelation that the just shall live by faith. We are saved by faith alone, not by works, not by putting money in the tin, not by doing what the, the church at that time wanted to do. He said, when this revelation came, the whole of Scripture took on a new meaning and the justice of God became to me inexpressibly sweet. And this passage, the just shall live by faith, became to me a gate to heaven. Luther's whole life was one of lion-hearted boldness. He decided to stand up to the abuses and the, the lies of, the, of that church at that time. And they didn't like it. You know, the people didn't like it. I mean, a lot of the people in that church, everybody went to church, so they weren't necessarily Christians. Some of them obviously are, some of them aren't. But um, he went to a trial. He went on trial in because he, he wrote several papers about this and several describing how you become a real Christian. And uh, he went to a trial 
the city of worms before the Holy Roman Emperor. So they brought in the, they had the Christian people, but also the state, the governors, the emperor, the archbishop. And they all tried him and the prosecutor cried out to him, do you or do you not repudiate your books and the errors which they contain? And Luther boldly said, since your majesty and your lordship desire a simple reply, I will answer without horns and without teeth. I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they contradict each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything to go against conscience, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I, do know, I cannot do otherwise. May God help me. Amen. <laughs> so he was excommunicated. He was declared an outlaw. All his literature was banned. His arrest was required. He actually escaped they, they hooted him out of that thing and so he escaped. It was made a crime for anyone in Germany to give him food or shelter and anyone in Germany had the right to kill him at any time without legal consequences. And that was his life. For the, that never left. At any time, anyone who wanted to could kill him with no legal consequences. And that's how he had to live for the rest of his life. Can you imagine living like that, knowing that anyone can kill you and they just think, oh, I just feel like killing Luther today. I think I will. That was his life. And they harassed him and hounded him. And he, he ended up marrying, but he, he didn't want to because he, he, it says he expected to die daily. He, at any, any time he knew he could die. So that's, he, that's, that's what it takes to stand up against a, a, a false system. And that's immense courage to live like that. And, you know, he... He wrote, he, there's a few things he did which we're not wild about. You know, it was 1500s. He had a bit to learn. But, but he, you know, that's bold. That's very bold. And that's the sort of, you, I could read you a hundred stories. I didn't even know where to begin. You get Fox's Book of Martyrs, you know, the guys that are getting burnt at the stake. And, you know, just the boldness of these Christians, the courage to just stand up for Jesus. Come on, church. We probably won't be burned at the stake. We probably won't go to prison. But maybe you'll have a few family members who are cross at you. Maybe you'll have some, some people that don't like you. Maybe, you, you know, some people I think even it can affect their job if you stand up for Jesus. But let's be bold. This life is short. We want to go all out for Jesus. We want to, we want to have the courage to, to be and do all that he wants us to do. Amen? We have to have the courage to win. So we might face fears in this earth, we might face issues on, on, in life, but there are spiritual attacks too. There, there's, there, the Bible says the devil is attacking us and it takes courage to stand in faith year after year after year, not to, to give up. It takes courage to deal with these issues. It takes courage to, to deal with disappointment in life and go, I'm still going to have faith. I'm still going to move forward. I'm still going to be joyful. As you get older, it can just take courage to start again. If you feel like, oh, I've missed it, whatever, I'll just, I'll just sulk into a corner. I'm, you know, it's like, no, don't be like that. It takes actually courage to live life to the full. It takes courage to tell people that, that life is a blessing when you don't feel blessed. That takes courage sometimes. We've, there's, there's so many areas of our life where we have to rise up and be bold and believe. It takes courage to believe the Bible when sometimes it doesn't seem to be making sense says, you know, to say, I believe that God heals me. It's like, right, but, um, well, you know, you've got some issues here. It's like, I know. 
That takes courage because sometimes the Bible is mysterious. Sometimes life is mysterious. But it takes courage to go, I'm not backing down from what the Word of God says. I'm not backing down from just going all out for God. It takes courage to live like that. It's easier to sort of back off, be a bit softer. Well, you know, it's easier in some ways. But God wants us to be courageous and bold and win. Erin Harrison lent me this little book a while ago. It's called Hedge Hopper. She said, oh, do you want to read this book? It's about my piano teacher in Gunnedah. Come on. Come on. I was like, well, okay. I mean, how interesting can it be, you know, a little local piano teacher in Gunnedah? I'm like, well, bless her. Well, bless her. But, you know, Erin's a pretty wise little chick, so I thought, well, I'll take her recommendation and I'll read about the local piano teacher in Gunnada. And there's a photo of on the back. She looks like a little old granny there, sweet little old lady in Gunnada. So I'm like, all right, okay. So, you know, because you might think, well, Ruth, you know, that's, that's fine, but I'm not Martin Luther, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even Martin Luther King or I'm not – I'm just a normal person. <laughs> I'm like this piano teacher in Gunnada. I'm just kind of normal. You know, I don't do super fancy things. So I pick up this book and read it and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, what a life. Who would know? Like she didn't even tell anyone for most of her life. But at the age of three, the age of three, during the depression, her parents couldn't cope. So they took her to the local railway station, said, now be a good girl and sit still. You'll come back soon. And they never did come back. They never came back. And so she was finally found by the, the station master who, who took her off to the... Um, the local convent, and she was raised there, and it was terrible. It was horrific. It was just awful. She had an awful time. And, and then when she finally escaped that awful time, they sent her off to a boarding house, these women, people who sort of used her as slave labour, essentially, and they were dreadfully abusive and horrible in every way. And it was just, you're just reading this story and just like, oh, oh, you know, does this happen in Australia? It's so bad. And, and just this terrible life that she led until she's finally, until finally they beat her up so badly and she was in hospital for weeks that she, um, that she was able to leave them. They basically attempted to murder her. And it, she just, her courage in dealing with that and getting through life. And, you know, once after they beat her up, at one point she said, after I was completely healed, I knew I had to go back to the boarding house and face these people. But I knew that if I went there with a police officer, they would know they had broken me. So I gathered my courage and I, I prayed the rosary, bless her, and I walked in through the kitchen totally alone. I went to my room, packed my bag, and then went out to ask them for my ration books. This is after the war. So they needed, I needed, they, she needed her books. And this woman screeched and yelled at her. This is what she said. You're not fit, you little gutter snipe. You're not fit to breathe. If you were dying and in the gutter, I'd kick you further down. No, these are the people that were looking after her. Can you imagine? That was the last thing she said to me. And so I ran off. And then her husband started to run after me. And she's like, so she kept running. But just the courage to get through her first 20 years, the courage to forgive, to live a beautiful life, to marry, to have children. She, she, it's a beautiful life you know, that she lived and probably still, I don't know, she's still alive. And, and she, just the courage of that one life, you know, that no one knew what she had faced and, and no one realised what the depths of what was behind this piano teacher. God gave her this extraordinary musical gift. She heard music 
and she could just she went up to a keyboard a piano and just played it like the entire thing just just could hear it once and play it because God just just gave her that specially to look after herself but you know I don't know what you've been through <laughs> maybe you're, you know like we've all got some stuff that's Sometimes we just can't talk about. Sometimes we, people don't understand what that's been like for us. Maybe people just think that, you know, you're just the little local, I don't know, carpenter on the central coast or whatever. And people don't always know what we're dealing with and the courage that it takes to face our lives. But every life has its, its, its challenges and, and some serious stuff. And you're going to need courage to get through it. You're going to need courage to keep going back to the word and courage to face people who've been horrible to you and courage to forgive them and to not be consumed with bitterness or ugliness, but to go off and, you know, teach Aaron piano. I don't know how that went, but, <laughs> but you know, just, I just, I just, it was just a beautiful story. And so I want to encourage you all. It's a simple message here, but I want to encourage us all to face this year with courage and boldness, to be determined to win, to be determined to rise above whatever it is that, that is trying to push us into a corner or shut us up or get rid of us. It's like, no, this is who I am. Like Martin Luther, we stand before anyone, whether it's the emperor of Rome or just the local boarding house lady, and we hold our ground in God and we, we are bold and we're righteous. God says to Joshua just before he was about to take the land, have I not commanded you? It's a command. This is not an option. Okay, guys, this is not oh, the front row, the brave ones. No, this is for all of us. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? It's a command. So you've got to go, oh, oh okay, I will be courageous. I will do it. I'm built for this. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, depressed, down. Just don't, God says. I'm with you. It's good. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.